What is up, Reborn listeners? Uh, today we have... Talking about condoms. <laughs> yeah, so you will hear on uh, Clint Emerson's podcast today a very important tidbit on use for a condom. And uh, it's literally going to blow your mind. <laughs> no pun intended there. Um Really great um, episode with with Clint, just talking about everything, um, just the basics of survival, what you do in uh, certain situations. I know that I've shared this before with my listeners, um, you know, some stalkers that I've had and how to be prepared. Um, Some really key points and things that you can change, things that you can start paying attention to uh, so you do not become a victim, right? Uh, we are all victims until we are prepared to combat any situation that we find ourselves in. And this is why I love talking with Clint. I was on his podcast not too long ago. He is the author of a hundred deadly skills. He has a couple books out. Um, he's getting ready to come out with another book. Um, I know right now that a lot of, a lot of us are kind of starting to change our way of thinking when it comes to homesteading and and how to uh, take care of ourselves, take care of our family, uh, whenever the resources that we're used to have ran dry. Uh, So we're going to get into all of that. Um, We do talk about an instance uh, that a couple weeks ago here at American Brew that uh, one of my employees brought up to me about just the safety and uh, the businesses can also be very important, just securing your home and making sure your loved ones are safe. Uh, Some very specific tidbits that you can start doing uh, to better secure your home life, your business, and whenever you're just like out and about uh, by yourself or traveling. So I wanna welcome on uh, Clint and I know that you guys will enjoy this podcast, especially the golden nugget of what you can do with a condom. All right, Mr. Clint Emerson, welcome to the Reborn Podcast. It wasn't too long ago that I was on your podcast, uh, and we went through this, uh, what, what do you call it? Can you survive this podcast or can you survive? What is the, well, first, thanks for having me. It's good to be on yours. And it, they are hypothetical crisis scenarios. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, it's really just a creative way to get, uh, our listeners learning and thinking about the things that could go wrong. Yeah. I really appreciate that. And, you know, uh, especially females. And we talked about this on, on the podcast that I did with you, but, uh, like, you're a victim until you're prepared, right? Is that like the right saying that like you're always a victim until you're prepared? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it. it you hear a lot of different sayings like "don't be the victim," um, but yeah, I mean, unless you take steps to, uh, you know, be more aware and increase your skill sets when you can, and um, you know, really, it boils down these days just getting off your devices and looking around, you know, yeah, paying and, attention. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it goes a long ways and, uh, you know, it's amazing, you know, technology certainly is great in a lot of ways, but it's horrible when it comes to, uh, people's awareness. Mm-hmm. And you are a former Navy SEAL. Were you stationed East coast or West coast? Yeah, I did 20 years. I was on the West coast for almost half at SEAL team three. Then I did the DC tour. I was at the NSA for a little while. And then I finished on the East Coast there at Damneck. Mm. And how long have you been a, uh, a civilian? I am uh, already six years into this transition. How it was by fast. Yeah. How has that been for you? Uh, not too bad. I mean, I, I try to coach guys that are getting out that you definitely have to start before you retire. Mm. Like, literally at my 15 year mark. And I knew that I would do 20, Mm -hmm. you know, I started going, okay, what am I going to do when I get out and started building it? And, you know, it's difficult for guys because you can tell the command that you're going to retire 24 months out. Right. 
But as soon as you say those words out loud, they put you on the back burner. So what a lot of guys do, because they want the good deal trips, they want the training, and they don't want to miss out on a deployment, they just don't tell anybody until Mm -hmm. the very last minute. Mm -hmm. And uh, then that can make your transition difficult. But if you say, hey, I'm going to be retiring, and you can do it 24 months out, then you you should, because then that gives you two years to really kind of get all your stuff squared away before you step out into the, uh, into the civilian sector. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about some of the books that you've written. And I've actually, I had your book, the, uh, hundred, is it the hundred deadliest skills or what is the name of that book? <laughs> yeah. um, it's a hundred deadly skills. Yeah. And there's like three of them now. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about the, the books that you have and, um, and also like whenever you were getting out of the military and you said it took you, you, you took five years to, to kind of start figuring out what you wanted to do. Did you know, like with the, like with the, how did it all start? Can you kind of go back to like, like where did this yeah. passion and everything that you're doing, like, where did that come from? Um, well at the beginning it, it was a company that I have with, and that's my primary job is escape the wolf. And that is a crisis management company mm-hmm. for fortune 500, small businesses, places of worship, private schools. We basically build crisis management programs for them. And so that was the idea, um, while I was in and, it kind of came about because I was going to these as-is conferences, which ASIS is the American Society of Industrial Security. And so my job when I was in was like figuring out ways to get around security. So I figured, well, heck, I'm going to start going to all of these big conferences that have to do with the standard operating procedures procedures of security and how it's applied corporations and embassies and all this and that, right? So Um, once I got into that world, I started seeing these big gaps that I felt like my experience could fill. And that's where escape the wolf kind of came to life, which was started as a little handout book, uh, teaching people how to be the gray man or the gray person. And, uh, then, um, while I was still in and I was living there in damn neck, uh, this book got kind of passed around. It wasn't published. It was like a self self put together pamphlet that I would give out for free. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had this retired FBI guy mm-hmm. hit me up and say, Hey, I want you to, uh, take this book and turn it into e-learning and like, give it to, I want to give that to my workforce. And I'm like, well, who do you work for? And he's like the wall street journal. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm like, wait a minute. He's like, yeah, I want you to educate all 700 of my most elite journalists globally by turning your book into e-learning deployed onto my servers and uh, I will pay you. And I'm sitting here going, Wait a minute, I'm still in the Navy. I don't know how, I don't even know how to get this done. So right. that, the, the little, that little handout turned into the company that it is today. And so that did, that, that certainly made things a little easier because I already had a big client and then it's been word of mouth ever since where it's one global security director telling another global security director of another five, you know, fortune 500 use this guy, use this company. So and, are uh, you, are you teaching them how to avoid like, like, you know, security stuff like coming in for like mass shootings or, uh, is it like, what kind, can you kind of elaborate on that? Like yeah. some of the specifics on what you do? So interestingly enough, journalists, that's where it started, was travel security and travel safety for journalists because the book was like all about being more aware and how to blend into different environments and not be targeted. And so that's where I started was travel safety and security. Um, And, you know, journalists are kind of like CIA case officers and the fact that they, they meet with sources and then they collect information and then they, but the different big difference is it's, they publicize it, right? Mm-hmm. They stamp their name to a report from a source. Whereas your case officers, you know, obviously they meet with sources and they keep everything confidential. So these journalists are putting themselves in, in danger all the time, depending on what they're reporting and the, or whoever they're meeting. Like, mm-hmm. so this was in light of Danny Pearl, um, Danny Pearl was a journalist for the Wall Street Journal, went to the wrong meeting, ended up kidnapped, and he was one of the first people that had his head chopped off on YouTube. And so that was where the global security director 
was focusing, like, I do not want this to happen again to another journalist. So please make this happen. Um, and so at that point, you know, I went and filled out all the proper paperwork, which is very rare, but um, to ask permission to start my company, <laughs> yeah. which I got permission somehow. Um, and then, uh, and then slowly started, uh, building the business, you know, at that two year mark before I got out. Wow. That's really, that's a really amazing, um, where are you based out of? Now I'm in the Dallas area. Yeah, okay. North Dallas. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that's so important. Uh, like, you know, now more than ever, and we were just talking about this, how, just like becoming a victim and avoiding being a victim. Um, if you, uh, you know, with all the background and everything that you have, if, if you could recommend five things that is it, is it being like equipped as in having, uh, certain items or supplies on you to be able to escape these situations? Or is it just always setting yourself up? Because I know whenever I was on your podcast, you know, we talked about like, if I went to a big speaking engagement and I have had stalkers, I've had, I've had to be escorted out of big expos before I've had to be escorted to my room before because people were either following me or hanging around. Um, like what, what would be some recommendations that, that you would give just normal, ordinary people, uh, to help better be prepared? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a big question. I'll kind of keep it simple. Um, first, if you're a single, if you're a single lady, you know, uh, it's kind of, I joke about it, but it actually works. And that is to go buy a pair of size 12 cowboy boots and put them outside your front door and your back door. Mm. And, uh, any predator that's going to come knocking at your apartment or your home, they're going to see those boots <laughs> and think twice about potentially coming in and disturbing your night's sleep. Um, I just, I you just know, have, for, I just have to ask you why cowboy boots? <laughs> well, because ship kickers are kind of intimidating right. to, uh, you know, the average guy, you know, you want to, if you've got a bull rider in there, you know, that's, right. that's yeah, there you go. Cow cowboys are the real deal, man. They don't mess around. Yeah. Well, real cowboys. Yeah. Real, that's right. Real cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that, I mean, that's one kind of cool, cool trick. Uh, you know, when you talk about, things you can do around your property that are kind of like that, you know, is, you know, when you talk about burglaries and, and people that want to take things from you, they don't like that unpredictable target, right? Neither do we as SEALs. We don't like an unpredictable target. So if we see, you know, kids toys or dogs or any of that type of like anything that can be alerting, anything that could catch you off guard, it's like, forget it. I'll go to a different house. So even, whether you have dogs, whether you have kids, doesn't matter. But if you make it look like you've got kids, like a skateboard leaning against the wall just outside your front door um, or a ball in your front yard or the signs that say, hey, I've got a dog, yeah, um, that, that keeps a lot of folks away. Now, when we talk about, you know, as we move kind of in through these layers of security to yourself, and, you know, that everyday carry thing that's become very popular over the years. And, you know, that there's a lot of those tips inside 100 Deli Skills. Uh, you know, I, I, I joke about it, but once again, it's a real deal yeah. and it could help you is that is a handcuff key and a razor blade. What mm. you can't get out of one will get you out of the other, right? So, and you can put them in the soles of your shoe or all your shoes and then forget about it. So whether your hands are restrained behind you or in front of you, you can always squat down and get to your shoes. And then, uh, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking notes. <laughs> yeah. I'm being serious. Yeah. No, it, it, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people want to put it in their waistline and all that, but that means, okay. I mean, I like to put things in a place where, Hey, I know I put them in my shoes and they're there forever. They're not going away. And now do, do I have issues going through security at an airport? Yes. Oh. There's times, there's yeah. little times you forget, but for the most part, um, having something like that confiscated, it's not like you're losing any money over the deal, right? Handcuff key is 50 cents on Amazon and, and you can buy a box of razor blades, you know, for 50 cents at a grocery store. So it's not a big deal. And, and I, I put them everywhere. Um, and that way I just know that they're always there. And if something unpredictable happens, then, mm -hmm. you know, you're kind of ready for it. Are you talking um, about, are you talking about like a box knife razor blade? It, yeah, you, or they, just, you obviously they come in a lot of different formats. Mm. It can be an exacto knife blade. Mm. Those are pretty cool. Um, and you got to, you know, 
using our the world favorite duct tape or you know uh yeah, how, tape. How would you put that in your shoe? Yeah, you want to almost create like a duct tape handle on the razor blade, and then you want to dog ear the tip so it doesn't poke through anything and accidentally stab you. Right. So you're basically putting yeah. kind of making your own makeshift, but you're trying to keep it as thin as possible so that yeah. you're not you don't feel it underneath your the sole of your foot all the time. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh yeah, super simple, right? I mean, the other big one is, you know, especially in traveling abroad is cash. You know, I don't carry cash that, as much as I used to, but when I go overseas, like I carry enough cash separate from my wallet mm. um, that can get me out of a situation. You know, it, it, bribery is illegal in the United States, but it is a second form of income for most law enforcement in most countries, believe it or not. And mm. it can get you out of more trouble than it will get you in. Um, by having an adequate amount of cash. Um, and the, and, and the then, key uh, to that is to keeping it separate from your, your wallet. Like if your wallet, if you lost, somebody stole your purse or if you just got in a bad situation, right. the cash is separate on you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big believer in don't, don't put all your gold in one basket, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Spread it out over yourself and, you know, even go as far as having a dummy purse or a dummy wallet, right? Mm-hmm. It's got some business cards in it from random folks, it's got maybe a you know a couple of bucks in it. It looks real, so that when you give it up, they feel like they got something. Mm. But you have the rest of your money and credit cards in other places, right? So, mm. you know, spread it out. Um, there's a lot of like you know concealable money, like waistbands that kind of go underneath your pants or underneath mm-hmm. your shirt and all that. I think that stuff has its place, but man, I just. I like to spread out in the different pockets I've got going on. You just know that, all right, my left front pocket is the one I'm giving up to the idiot on the street, you know, right. um, or whoever, you know, comes your way. Um, you know, and then awareness. Awareness is, you know, we talked about it. We hit on it. It's boring. Situational awareness has been overused uh, and underutilized. So mm-hmm. once again, I try to keep it simple and I break it up into four things, right? So personal awareness. Look in the mirror before you walk out the door. Okay. So am I wearing anything that offends people or offends the culture or the community I might be visiting today? You know, if you're like me and you're all tatted up, maybe I should put long sleeves on, you know, um, or take off the Solomons and put on some penny loafers, right? We can all identify team guys in a heartbeat. And those of you listening know what I'm talking about. If you live on the West Coast or the East Coast, you're looking for Solomons, you're looking for the Sunto watch or the Garmin. There's all these indicators that says I'm an alpha male. And the that's gators. great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm wearing them right now. These are yeah. the readers for, oh. from Gators. Um, but there's, there's great times to look and be like the alpha male, without a doubt, especially when you're home, it's okay. It wards off more trouble than it does not, especially in the U.S. Um, but when you're traveling abroad, then that's where you kind of want to, you don't want to be the American. You want to just blend in and be questionable. Like maybe you're France, maybe, maybe you're from France, maybe you're from Canada, maybe you're from Switzerland. You know what I mean? You don't want people to look at you and go, oh yeah, he's got a ball cap on and sunglasses and Americans are the only ones that wear that crap. (laughs) So, you know, you got to take the ball cap off, take the sunglasses off and uh, try to look like everyone else. Really. That's personal awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, And it goes a long ways because when you talk about the next one, which is third party awareness, uh, they, they, we gravitate to how people walk, talk and dress, which is, your personal awareness. So if you're subduing yourself and then you know that, Hey, anyone can look at me, judge me, scrutinize me and form a conclusion in seconds. We do it all the time, sitting in the airport, people watching, we look at people and there's the people that get by in the background that you never notice. And then there's the ones that you actually notice, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Your goal next time you're at the airport is look at the ones that you're not noticing. Like try to find them and you'll all of a sudden realize like, oh, that's how I should dress. That's how I should walk. That's how I should act. Right. So third party awareness is essential because that includes bad guys, good guys, law enforcement, foreign intel services. That's everyone around you. And um, your goal is to, okay, how do I, you know, navigate through those seas of people without any of them noticing, but you're recognizing the fact that you could be noticed at any given time. Um, 
And then you have cultural awareness, right? Which is tied in to the, to both third party and personal. Cultural awareness is really just doing some research before you go anywhere. And that applies to here in America, you know, um, we're a mixing bowl. So you could find yourself in Dearborn, Michigan, where there's 800,000 Iraqis and not one sign that's in English. It's all in Arabic. Mm. And so if you're going to do a business meeting there, you might want to know that ahead of time. Right. You might want to know that, you know, how I cross my legs sitting across from a Muslim and I show the, show the soles of my feet will probably offend them or, you know, different gestures, right? That's, it's, it's etiquette and protocol that mm-hmm. can go a long ways in making friends rather than making adversaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you have situational awareness, which is, you know, the alligators in the boat, the alligators just outside the boat. And then the alligators that are in the, that are on their way, right? That's what you're looking out for with situational awareness is, you know, that three meter bubble and then outside of it and then beyond it and uh, making sure you're kind of paying attention, um, especially to what's close to you. So I, I, I want to bring, I do have, since I have you on here on my podcast, um, something came up last week. You know, I own a restaurant here in Virginia beach. Um, it's called American brew and it's on a pretty popular street. It's on shore drive. You know, you've never been to American brew. Have you, it's been a while since you've been to Virginia beach. Yeah. I I haven't been there. Um, and the times that I have, it's just been hit and miss. Yeah. Just get in and get out. Yep. So the building that I have, I'm going to try to explain this so you can understand. And, uh, the listeners who have not been to American brew can kind of understand. Um, it's a two-story building. Uh, it's all windows. So, you know, it's on a busy street. There's a neighborhood on the other side. Uh, Mm -hmm. so cars driving by, especially at night and it's getting dark a lot earlier, people can see in it's, it's easily visible to be able to see in at night. Um, we have three doors of entry. We have one door that goes directly to the kitchen or it can go mm-hmm. upstairs. It goes right, just you open up the door, you can either go to the kitchen or you can go upstairs where you're on, on the top floor uh, where you can look down and see the entire uh, dining area and it comes back yeah. to my office. And then there's just two dining room doors. So last week, one of, one of the girls, and we're an all-female staff, and uh, one of the girls messaged me and she said, hey, can I open carry?" at American Brew. And at first I thought it was just kind of like a joke. You know, I'm pretty close to my entire staff. And, um, and I was like, why, I was like, why would you want to open Carrie? And she kind of got into telling me about, there's been some nights now that it's getting dark a little bit early where she has felt uncomfortable and she Mm. doesn't have her conceal carry permit. Um, and so it's as a business owner, you know, wanting my staff to feel safe. And at night they're taking out the trash. They're going around the back of the building. Uh, I don't have any security cameras outside. I have security cameras inside. Mm -hmm. What, what would be, uh, just maybe some of your recommendations to me as a business owner to help make my staff feel a little bit more comfortable because, you know, if my, you know, train of thought went like, well, if she doesn't have like her conceal and carry, I don't know if her open carry would even be great because she doesn't probably even know how to use her weapon system if there was an emergency. And then plus like, I, you know, anybody can open carry, but I'm like, you know, what is the, you know, 86 year old grandma coming in for her latte? How is that going to make her feel seeing that one of the baristas behind the bar is, you know, (laughs) has an open carry, like, you know, with a cig or a Glock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So first, you know, the gun conversation, as you know, you know, it's 50, 50, depending on who you're talking to here in Texas, you know, we just passed constitutional carry, which means you can carry conceal if you're 21 or older and you didn't have any felonies or anything, you can just pack heat and conceal it all day long without a license. And there's pros and cons, you know, I kind of go both ways. I think a license is great because it forces people to go get educated. Right. Because the scenario you're talking about is, hey, what if she doesn't know how to use the damn thing? Yeah. Um, so getting a license at least forces eight hours of training, which mm-hmm. I highly recommend to anybody. And then you should train, obviously, on a regular basis, you know, for the rest of your life that you're carrying a gun. Right. Um, and then there's the flip side, the freedom. You know, hey, yeah, anybody should be able to buy a gun and carry it. But I recommend training, 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 regardless of license. So, um, you know, and I know, you know, you shoot and you do all that. So Mm -hmm. you know how to have that kind of conversation with an employee. Um, But as far as security to the building, um, 
there is a, an acronym out there you should look up and it, okay. it applies to both homes, at, residential and business. And that's CPTED, C-P-T-E-D. And that's Crisis Prevention Through Environmental Design. Mm. And basically what that is, is there was a big pivot in the security industry um, years ago. And where it's most noticeable was with banks. Banks used to be all brick buildings, no windows. They were like a fortress, right? Now, if you drive by a bank, it's all glass and completely lit up 24-7, regardless of whether people are in there or not. So that's CPT at its finest, because what they're doing is making it so that it's so visible that a bad guy will think twice about doing anything, because no matter what he does, it will be seen. So the fact that you're all glass is actually good. Oh, it follows okay. the principle. It follows the principles of CP Ted. Okay. Keeping it lit up, like you cannot have enough light, right? Mm, so more I more lights. More lights on the outside. More lights on the inside. You will never go wrong. Light it up, especially okay. that back door, especially those areas of concern. It's worth you know how much ever. It's not going to cost that much. Just. Right. You know, floodlight that at twenty four seven. Your glass. You know, um, the beauty of uh, <laughs> hurricanes hitting America on a regular basis is that they have what's called hurricane film. Mm. It's relatively inexpensive. It goes on your glass like like tent, and uh, it prevents projectiles going 120, 160 miles an hour. Like you can't, you, you can throw a cinder block brick at your windows. They will shatter, but they will not fall apart. It will all wow. stay together. Um, so those are great for both home and business. Hmm. Um, yeah, know, I've never, in- I've never heard of hurricane film. You just put it on your thoughts. Yeah. yeah, I know. I, there's companies, there's companies that'll come tint your windows and tint is, is really a metal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hurricane film is kind of, uh, you know, basically dovetailing in behind the tinting world, but it's far more durable. It's made by 3M and when they put it on, it overlaps onto the frame and everything so that now it becomes the glass and the frame become one cohesive piece right. of, uh, material right hmm. um and so they're they're it works great obviously for hurricanes but even better for commercial or residential where you're trying to prevent the burglar from just throwing a brick through the window and then mm. walking in right mm-hmm. um it kind of keeps everything together so that's that's kind of a, a you know illumination is key to mm-hmm. keeping every, all the bad away and then there's those little little hacks, you know, the hurricane tent for all your windows, keeping all those internal lights on, um, ensuring that you have a plan with those three different doorways um, as far as egress, if something does happen, mm-hmm. um, you know, making sure your staff knows exactly where they're going and what they're doing mm-hmm. uh, in times of emergency. Um and making sure like, you know, especially, you know, as active shooter becomes and has been, you know, more prevalent, um, you know, making sure your staff knows exactly what they're doing when something like that happens. Mm-hmm. Those are just some little things off the do, top of my head. Uh, what do you feel about like having cameras? Do you think that's a, a deterrent for? Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. More signage. You know, you, you can't go wrong with all the, you know, the, there's the, the four or five D's of security. And it's basically like an onion. Um, you have deter is the first layer. That's the most furthest away. Meaning I can look at a house where I look at the building and I see the sign, the security alarm signs. Mm-hmm. I see the neighborhood watch signs. I see all these signs that basically say, don't do anything here. Cause we'll mm-hmm. catch you. Right? right. That's the deterrent stuff. So yes, if you have visible cameras out, you know, looking down at all the doorways, looking down those blind spots. If you have an alleyway or where you said they take out the trash, you know, mm-hmm. making sure there's signage. Yes, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, then after deterrent, then you have like delay. Delay would be obstacles, you know, making sure the doors are locked when they're supposed to be. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's a huge delay preventing them from getting in. Um, even that hurricane film serves mm-hmm. as kind of the, it delays them. They may, they might break the window and it shatter, but they're not coming through very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have detection, which is alarm systems. It's the cameras, you know, all those items that basically alert everyone, you know, you want third party awareness to be extreme. 
when it comes to detection, right? You want you want the people across the street to call nine one one for you. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's the goal with with alarms and sensors and stuff. Um, and then you have deny, right? Deny is really how do you keep them out? Um, so that's the vehicle doors are locked. Your your building doors are locked. Your home doors are locked. Everything is completely locked up and sealed, and there's no way to get in. And if they're kicking windows and doors in, well, then you have the final D, which is death. <laughs> and that's why we carry have guns at home, have guns at your business. You know, you've you've done all the, you know, the four other D's and the mm-hmm. final D is obviously a last resort. You never want to do that. Right. But if you have to be ready and be trained. Today's episode is brought to you by manscaped.com. Christmas came early, fellas. I just received the new performance package by Manscaped. And if you needed a little gift idea for the holidays this year, be sure to put Manscaped at the top of your list. Inside the kit, we have the Lawnmower 4.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer that's built with advanced skin-safe technology. This means that you can confidently trim the tree, if you know what I mean, without breaking any bulbs or cutting any wires. You know what I mean. And here's a stocking stuffer for you. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant by Manscaped is exactly what it sounds like. Anti-chafing, clear, dry moisturizer to keep your sack of presents nice and cool throughout the day. And if you need a little midday refresh, be sure to get the Crop Reviver. It's a ball toner spray. All of Manscaped's products are aluminum-free, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and they're vegan. That puts them on the nice list for me, for sure. New to this collection is the Weed Whacker Nose Ear and Hair Trimmer because no girl wants to look up and see all of those gross nose hairs when you're under that mistletoe. The Weed Whacker has 360 degrees rotary blades that the same skin-safe technology from the trimmer, so it helps prevent tugging and tears. So if you've been extra good this year, make sure you ask Santa for the performance package by Manscaped so you can confidently get a little bit naughty. And in the holiday spirit, if you buy today, you'll also get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. That's right. Two free gifts. Who doesn't like that? And for a limited time, get 25% off the biggest sale of the year at Manscaped when you visit manscaped.com forward slash Ashley. That's manscaped.com forward slash A-S-H-L-E-Y for 25% off and free international shipping. Your naughty little elf will thank you. Whenever I was on your podcast, I talked to you about the the guy that flew in. That was like one of my, like a stalker. Did I tell you about that? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And you know, and I, I, I express this to, to, to all of the girls that, that work here and they're all badasses. They're, they, I mean, they can like handle their own shit, but I'm like, you know, you got like, I don't ever want anybody in that situation of having a stalker fly in trying to, to find me to put anybody else like at risk. And so, um, I, I do find as well, like, you know, since, since that, you know, and, and talking to some of the girls, I put the non-emergency number, uh, next to the register. And I said, you know, you guys should never be afraid to call the non-emergency line. If you feel uncomfortable about anybody, like looking like they're hanging Mm -hmm. around, like maybe even a customer that's, that's came in and, uh, acting a little funny or making you feel uncomfortable. Uh, you know, the, the police that we have here, they're like some of our biggest customers and they would gladly come here in a second, um, (laughs) just to like, you know, check things out or to hang out like while you close and, and tell everybody to leave. And I try to, you know, express that, like, there's nothing wrong with calling the non emergency hotline if something doesn't seem right. And I think that a lot of the the thought process, you know, whenever something starts to unfold, it's like we, you know, we process that as like, oh, that's not really happening. Is that happening? Or like, it couldn't really happen to me. And, uh, you know, until like it's actually happening and you're like, oh shit, like this is for real. Like I, my right. life is being threatened. And, um, 
No, that's um that's some like really good information. I I really appreciate that because I you know I never want anybody any of my workers here to to feel like that's just uncomfortable. You know. Um, yeah. So I I really appreciate that. I want to talk about um I want to talk about your clothing company. I didn't know that you had an apparel line. <laughs> and I love Don't the name. We, 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 we didn't, yeah, I know. Right. Um, we didn't talk about this whenever I was on your podcast, uh, the yeah. violent nomad. What is that about? Yeah. Violent nomad is, uh, actually when I put together a hundred deadly skills, mm-hmm. book one, um, you know, my publisher, which is Simon Schuster, the editor was like, yeah, you know, seal skills. And I was like, absolutely not. You can, you can use my title on the front because Mm -hmm. of that I earned Navy SEAL retired. Right. But this whole like Navy SEALs do this, Navy SEALs do that. No, I'm not fucking doing it. And so I switched it to just, Hey, violent nomads, right. People who uh, like to be self-reliant people who like to be self-rescue, self-sufficient, but also have have the ability to flip the switch and be violent when violent comes their way, right? So that is the violent nomad. And as people, the, that book, you know, it hit the New York Times list and it sat there for a while and did really well. And so then I just started to get inundated with, are there violent nomad hats? Are there violent nomad shirts? Are there violent? And I was like, uh, I guess I can get a couple of shirts. So a couple of shirts has now turned into, you know, 20 plus designs. And now we have EDC kits and knives and, you know, you know how this goes. It just, it became its own, uh, its own business. It's, it's definitely not big. It's not known, but it, it's just known pretty much to my readers and fans and stuff like that. And it's fun to do retail. I have a lot of fun getting creative with the designs Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you find out what sells, what doesn't, you know, you make mistakes along the way, you buy a yeah. bunch of shit and it sits on the shelf for years. And you're mm. like, well, that was stupid. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, the e-commerce piece is just, uh, it's crazy not to do it. Anybody who's a business owner knows, mm-hmm. if, you know, if, uh, it's amazing. Like the things that you put out there, right. Um, it's not until you do it, you go, wow, people actually like this stuff. And right. that's, what's cool. And it builds camaraderie within the, within it the does. groups and the fans, you know, that, that, that are, supporting it. I'm disappointed in myself because I actually never knew that you had the, like this, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go check it out. Is it just on your Instagram, the hundred deadly skills, or does it have yeah. its own platform? Yeah. It's violentnomad.com. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm probably not good at like promoting it, but, uh, um, but yeah, it's there and people find it. And, uh, yeah, if you, if you're interested in the violent nomad lifestyle, there you go. So how did the, um, how did the, uh, the famous feature in the international spy museum come about? Oh boy. <laughs> I gotta know. That's one of those questions where I'm always like, um, you know, the, so the short answer is I had the opportunity when I was in to do, you know, some pretty fun stuff like mm-hmm. most guys. Um, and the things that I got to do were known by interagency directors, you know, like you have directors, the FBI, CIA, NSA, and all those guys. And some of those guys became board members of the the spy museum. Um, And so one day I got a call from one of the board members, like, Hey man, you know, there's, you did some cool stuff and we'd like to kind of feature it uh, and indoctrinate you into the spy museum with a bunch of other, you know, you know, Tony Mendez, and some other folks, I was like, whoa, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, you know, being in there and representing um, our community uh, with a lot of other, um, what I consider far more badass people than I'll ever be that mm-hmm. did some great things uh, is, it was really a cool honor. And mm-hmm. um, I hope, I hope more guys um, get in there because it's a, it's a, if you haven't been to the International Spy Museum in Washington, D.C., you should. It is probably one. Of, it is mm-hmm. definitely the most traffic um, museums. It surpasses the Smithsonian per- museums as far as visitors every year. So you really? got to check it out. They've got um, they got big chunks of the Berlin Wall, and there's that whole piece, and you know where espionage was at its highest in the Cold War, and then they've got sections on terrorism and counterterrorism, and then mm-hmm. they've got you know they've got everything in there, and it's all artifacts, real deal stuff that have been involved in assassinations and 
spy games and combat and you name it. They've got the hell they've got uh, like a predator hanging from the ceiling from the ceiling, you know? So it's uh, a yeah, super that's cool. A, that's amazing. I haven't got to see the museum um, personally, but I know my boys, they're, they're getting a little bit older now, at least my two older ones. And they have been wanting to go um, up to the DC area and then on up to uh, New York and uh, it's like it definitely like some of the places that I want to hit. I just think that they would find that so fascinating, you know. Oh yeah, they would like the they would like the spy museum over any of the Smithsonian museums. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, um, I want to kind of pivot a little bit and talk about um, what is your viewpoint on tying everything together and people being physically fit uh, to one be able to do their job to the best of their ability and. Two, just being able to save yourself if there was a like a life just catastrophe or something where you had to escape. Can you talk about the importance of that or oh, if it yeah. is important? Yeah, it, it, every single one of my books starts off with uh, something human performance related. Mm. Right. I always say managing a crisis is a hundred percent connected to your human performance, right? Yeah. If you can't, if you can't uh, get yourself out of a situation um, or get your family out, well, then you're, you're, you're behind the power curve already. So right. it all boils down to fitness. And, you know, I have these little violent nomad workouts that are at the beginning of each book and they're different, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's really boils down to push, pull, rotate and sprint, you know, and, working on those gross motor skills, you know, big muscle movement, big push exercises, big pull exercises, um, big rotational stuff. But I like to just say, Hey, instead of doing like rotational, you know, core exercises, just strike something. Because if you're striking with elbows, with fists or knees, you're, that's a rotational exercise. Mm -hmm. And you're also getting that strike practice or training out of it. Um, and then of course, sprints, and so, you know, you do it in, in, in a sprint piece is just obviously to get that cardio and fire, fire up your aerobic systems, um, especially in your legs, and then go right back to push, pull, rotate again, straight to sprint and push, pull, rotate, sprint, push, pull, rotate. So you're simulating the fact that you're getting yourself away. Let's say it's an active shooter. You know, you're, you're, you've got the sprint piece so that you can, you know, increase survivability by increasing distance from the threat. And you want to do that as fast as possible. And then you run into an obstacle. It could be a wall. It could be another bad guy. It could be you have to pick someone up and carry them. So that's push, pull, rotate, back to sprint again. And you don't want to be gassed, right? If you're in an emergency situation, you don't want to, you know, run, you know, 50 meters and already be out of it, right? Out of the fight or out of that survival mode. Um, so, yeah, I, I try to hit that as hard as possible. Anaerobic, aerobic systems, combining it all together. A lot of these days they call it HIT, you know, mm -hmm. uh, HIT routines it, it, or HIT exercise and yeah, yeah um, just what you're describing and everything, it really sounds very similar to like the tactical games because yeah. you're like, you know, moving, moving super heavy things and then shooting <laughs> yeah. and you're like stressed out and you're still having to, you know, stay calm and collected. Uh, That's right. That. Man, I was at a sporting event not too long ago where there's just like so many people and I don't know, like I really want to challenge uh, those of you who are listening to next time you're just around like a, a, a group and a crowd of people, just look at how out of shape people are. And I always think I'm like, man, one, like this person's like not even paying attention to anything that's going on right now. And mm -hmm. two, like if there was a crisis, like more than half of these people wouldn't even be able to physically take care of themselves. Like, let alone like, help the person that's next to them or the kids that they have, like to be able to get their kids to safety, safety. And, um, I just think that, you know, especially coming out of the, the season that we have been in the last, I don't know how long it was like a year now, over a year. And, um, mm -hmm. 
like it's just I, I taking care of yourself and and the health is it's so important and people just kind of I don't know what it is but people just maybe they think that oh it can never happen to them or like no like they'll never be in a situation where they have to you know get out their their wife and their children to safety um, or even save themselves um, so yeah it's just just kind of like where just the society is um, now through the pandemic you wrote another book. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Has it has I, it came out yet, or it's getting ready to come out? No, the one that um, Combat Edition it, it it it's been out for uh, well, it's what what are we six seven eight months? You know, it came out the beginning of this year, mm. and uh, so this is the first holiday season. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll plug it. Combat Edition, 100 Deadly Skills Combat Edition. It is an, it turned out to be great because mm. I went around to a lot of the uh, badasses around the country and collected five to 10 skills from each of them. Each of them are pros in their industry. So I came out to Virginia beach and hung out with Dom Rosso for a day or so. And he provided skills for the book. And then I, I went up to uh, Monty LeClaire in Indiana. He, he threw in some rifle skills. What about Jack I, Carr? Did you pick Jack Carr's brain? <laughs> he was, Jack Carr was supposed to be, mm. uh, and that run, you and know, then, of course, he's, he's all caught up in Hollywood right now. Yes, yeah, that he, man, Jack, that if you're was, listening. No kidding, Jack. You're uh, <laughs> you're crushing it as usual, and uh, I know. But yeah, he he was supposed to, and then that was the same time when the the terminal list was actually getting optioned, and mm. he was getting the ball rolling, and so he couldn't. But he was going to teach. Uh, he was going to provide. Um, some bow, some bow skills. Right. That's cool. Uh, but then I ended up, you know, at like the first American Ninja provided some cool skills. Then I ended up at a one percenter, you know, a motorcycle club, like a, basically like a hell's angel kind of guy. And he provided some skills. So the book is a collection of just skills from badasses around the country. Uh, and it's all basic so that the average person can pick it up. Not only are they learning some skills, but they're kind of seeing Oh, there's all these different people around the country I can go train with, right? You got Bill Rapier, Dom Rosso, you got Monty LeClaire, you got uh, Pat McNamara. Mm. Um, great people throughout mm. this book that you can actually call up and, and go go to one of their courses, you know? So it's it's a reference in a guide in so many different ways that um, didn't really dawn on, dawn on me until it came out. But yeah, mm -hmm. Combat Edition and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff in there for yeah. from hand to hand, knife, you know, you name it. I've never, I've never met Pat, but I follow him on social media. Isn't he the one that always goes basic dude stuff? Is basic that Basic dude stuff. That <laughs> yeah. is Pat. Yeah. What, what was, what was his, uh, what was his contribution to the book? What did he do? Um, combat stuff? Dude. Hand, -hand combat or what? Yeah. Yeah. He focused, I mean, he teaches uh, a lot of gun courses mm -hmm. and he has his online university of badassery. Um, <laughs> I, I tell people all the time, he's like, a, he's like a WWE wrestler Delta force guy wrapped up in the American flag. I mean, like he is, he is. all of that and his attitude is very yeah. much rock and roll, bro. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I love that guy who doesn't, and, and I mean, I know. And you have to talk in that voice if you ever do any sort of impersonations. <laughs> yeah. about him, so. And that's how yeah. he is. Like, that is not an act. That yeah, is 24 really? seven. Like, cool. yeah. When he's talking, if you're just having a conversation, he's like, yeah, man, whatever, man, Here, let's, let's do this. You know? I love that. And he also, if you've ever paid attention, I love his laugh. He has this evil little leprechaun laugh that, uh, <laughs> that comes out every now and then. So <laughs> he's awesome. just overall great dude, man. Well, what love was the name? What was the name of this book again? It was the second edition of a, well, that, that is a hundred deadly skills, combat edition. It's combat the third, edition. Yeah. Okay. It's the third book in the series. Yeah. Cool. Where can people get this book? Ah, Amazon, where you okay. get everything else. Awesome. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. oh, Amazon, everything. So, but, um, but you don't, you didn't have another book coming out, the self-reliance book. Oh yeah. Uh, so like that, that's coming out soon, correct? Out of the pandemic. Right. That one is going to be a, I think it's going to be a great post damage because I think we realize, right. Mm -hmm. We, we, we are not as capable as we think we are right. until, until the, the, the grocery store shelves empty. You're all of a sudden like, wait a minute toilet paper, mm -hmm. uh, you know, hand sanitizer, all these things that we ran out of food. Um, we, we take it all for granted. So I was like, you know what, let's put together something that once again is like the rest of my books illustrated very much do it yourself, uh, a how to guide 
from everything to being your own first responder, be your own butcher, be your own fisherman, be your own hunter, uh, be your own homemaker, you know? So it's got great sections. Most of the skills are provided by some of your uh, more popular uh, homesteaders and self-sufficient folks across the country. Once again, I went and visited the experts um, and then applied my own self-sufficiency stuff and self-reliance stuff into it. And it's uh, definitely going to be, I think, my favorite book thus far because it covers such a broad spectrum, like how to make your own pomade, shampoo, bars of soap. I mean, that's really um, cool. When, it, when is that book going to be out? It's out for pre-order right now. You can oh, pre-order okay. it. Um, and then it'll be out in spring of 22. And uh, it's called Self-Reliance or what is the it's name of it? The, it's called The Rugged Life. The Rugged Life. Yes. I like a modern that. guide to self-reliance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really wanting to get into hunting more. I actually got my bow out uh, like a couple weeks ago. And nice. I'm like, I, I've been on like a couple just like hunting trips with like girlfriends, but I've never yeah. actually, I've never actually gotten a kill, which is I'm really wanting. That's on my to-do list. Like I really want to learn how to just be better and more efficient. And, um, I don't know. It's just such a, such a cool and a skill that like, just like you, what you were saying that, you know, yeah. you're not going to wish you knew how to like provide food for your family until you're in a situation where you're like, I got to go get something Do for this. my family. Yeah. Right? Well, that's yeah, awesome. I think moving off grid and getting away from mm-hmm. the cities has also become so popular, but so many people are doing it and then they get there and they're like, wait a minute. I don't, they don't know how to do half mm-hmm. the things they need to know how to do when you go off grid. So yeah. this book will certainly guide them. That's really important. Well, thanks for um, talking with me. Is there anything else that you want to add or include for the listeners? So you have a book coming out. It's for pre-order. Um, and then you have the other books that people can still get. Is the pre-order, where, can, where is the pre-order, pre-order at? Is it on your website or Amazon? Yeah, just like everyone. You can go to clintemerson.com <laughs> and that's the belly button of all my bullshit. So, okay. yes. Uh, Clint. ClintEmerson.com. All right. And then can you find your clothing line as well there as well too? Or is it on the uh okay? You can find you can there's links to uh to Violent Nomad, Escape the Wolf, you know, all that good stuff. It's all right there in one spot. So going into 2022, what are your like your plans? Do you have anything um coming up on the horizon that you can share? Yeah. Um one is the yeah, rugged life will be coming out. Mm -hmm. Um we've got uh, I've also got an app that, hmm. uh, I pulled off the app stores because I wanted to take it to the next level. So we'll be introducing that into the new year, which is called photo trap. It basically allows you to detect, uh, any change in any environment, right? So wow. you, you, we, I've had it out there before. Um, but the platforms were moving so fast that the app couldn't keep up. So we had to change all the, you know, basically change all the language, uh, so that now it, it can keep up with the different platforms automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, you'll be able to take a picture of your environment. And then when you come back, take the second picture and the app will automatically animate anything that's been disturbed in that environment. So a great example is, let's say you think you have a stalker mm-hmm. and you think it's like a peeping Tom type person that's coming up to a window. You could literally take a picture of your yard and then the next day, right? Take another picture of your yard and this app will highlight the footprints in the grass, right? I mean, things you will not be able to pick up with the naked eye, the app will. Um, So there's a lot of applications for it. It's awesome if you travel. It's awesome if you have kids and you want to know if they're hitting the liquor cabinet. So uh, (laughs) there's going to be a lot of uh, different ways that PhotoTrap can be used. So look for that. uh, And this is for civilians, not contract, not military. Wow. No, it's, it's for civilians, but it is based on a change detection software that, Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's used in like satellite world. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it's super simple, but, Mm -hmm. uh, a hundred percent effective on determining Mm -hmm. whether or not people are tampering with your stuff or messing with anything. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. When is that, when are you, uh, forecasting that to be out? Yeah, it should be out January 22. Oh, Oh, okay. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. 
It's coming up Con- quick, isn't it? <laughs> congrats on that. Yeah. The last yeah. question that I want to ask you that I, I know that I can benefit from, and I know that the, the listeners can, can benefit from, um, if you could quickly tell me some items that are imperative to have in a go bag that you would have in your closet, uh, by the front door. Yeah. Go bags. Um, Mm -hmm. they've become really popular and I kind of categorize how you build one boils down to your capability at the end. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the first step. Okay. What is, what are the tools you actually know how to use? Right. Like, can you use a compass? (laughs) Yeah. Can you use the GPS that you just bought? Like a lot of people buy these like $600 garments Mm -hmm. and then they're like, well, they don't even know how to, the first step in setting it up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your go bag should be driven by your own personal capability. That's number one. Number two, it should be also driven by the environment in which you're in. So winter environments versus summer environments, Mm. right? Because when we talk about emergencies, it could be, you know, you're freezing to death. It could be, there's a fire. It could be that, you know, heck you're just running from bad guys. So Mm. whatever environment you're in kind of dictates what should be in the bag. Um, Threats different threats you you think you're going to face, you know? So, because a lot of people just say, hey, it needs to have, and then life's basic life support items, water and food. So when you add up those three or four big elements, it kind of starts dictating the things you should have in your bag. It also dictates that when the, when the seasons change, your bag should get updated as right. well. Yeah. And, and that's a lot of stuff. People will think, hey, I'm just going to build this one bag and then that's going to be good for me all year round. Yeah. Um, but the reality is it's, it's kind of like a living, breathing organism. Your go mm-hmm. bag should constantly be updated. It's like gear. You know, you find yourself, whether it's with your weapon systems or, you know, your body armor or whatever it is you've got, we're constantly messing with it. Right. You know, you're, you're pulling it out when you're bored watching TV and you're going, oh yeah, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to put it on, I jump up and down. Okay. It doesn't make any noise. Great. Mm-hmm. This thing's awesome. And it's comfortable. You should do the same with your go bags. You're mm-hmm. always updating it fixing it, you know, making it more efficient. You're, you're turning the lights out and you're making mm-hmm. sure you know where everything is just by feel mm-hmm. um, because the odds are you could be in your vehicle upside down and you're having to get into this thing mm-hmm. and you want to be able to get into it and get what you need. So mm-hmm. that's Very the big important. answer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, big yeah, answer. Like, right. For example, uh, you know, I'm on the East coast, like being prepared for hurricane season and packing your bag accordingly for yeah. hurricane season. Um, yeah, that makes sense actually. That's, yeah, good. So, That's some good information. Mm-hmm. And when you break down each of those big categories, so life support, you know, food and water, obviously, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can break down water. You could have mm-hmm. bottled water in there. You could have camel black bladders. You could have a way of a container of some sort or a bladder to hold water. Um, you know, heck a condom holds one liter of water, believe it or not. Wow. You know, if you take a condom, and then you unroll it, put it into a normal sock. Okay. The sock becomes a protective layer around the condom. You can put an entire liter of water into that condom. And as long as it's already inside the sock, then the sock becomes the barrier protected from popping. Make sense? So you can have some basic stuff in your bags. You're going to have water, but you have to assume you're going to run out. So make sure you have another container of some sort. Then when that, now it means you're collecting water. So now you probably want some water purification tablets or a way of boiling it, right? So when it comes to life support items, they they start to kind of grow on on one another, right? Mm -hmm. You can have the stuff that kicks you off for your first 24 to 72 hours. But if you think, oh, I might be kind of out of it for a week, well, then it's like, ooh, that now I'm starting to add some things to my bag, right? Um, Then when you talk about food, same thing. You can throw an MRE in there. You can throw three MREs in there if you break them down and don't just, you know, yeah. actually open up the MREs, take the meals, mm-hmm. tape them all together, you know, get rid of all the other crap because you don't want your go bag to turn into a 50 pound ruck. You know, mm-hmm. you want it to still be streamlined. Um, and then it's like, okay, hmm, now I've got to get food. <laughs> so, right. you know, whether that's snares or it's, you know, you know, a, a gun, um, you want to think about those things. And once again, that time of season, your capabilities, uh, the environment and the threats. And then of course those life support items dictate what goes in the bag, but you know, it's a, 
it's funny, go bags and everyday carry has become like full-time jobs for some companies. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Ain't that the truth? But like, you know, like you said, you got to know how to use your weapon system. You got to keep up maintenance and training on your weapon system. And then the same thing that we just learned is, um, you know, on the go bags, like you guys have to spend time with them, change them with the with the seasons and what, whatever's going on in your life. So, um, well, I won't take up any more of your time. Um, thank you for just all of the practical advice that, uh, that you gave me personally. And I know that everybody who is listening, I know that they, definitely got a lot of golden nuggets, uh, that you gave them throughout this podcast. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And it's good seeing you again. Hey, you too. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, this is an awesome venture. I wish you the best of luck on your podcast and everything you got going. Thank you. Thanks. And thank you again for having me. Thanks. And I'm going to look up the rugged life. I think, uh, I could definitely, I'm interested in all that stuff. So, all right. All right, Clint, well, you have a great day and I will uh, catch you soon. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you guys so much for joining me on today's podcast with Clint Emerson. If you loved the show, make sure you share it. Tell your friends and your family. Leave me a review. And uh, thank you so much for joining me on this special Reborn podcast uh, by Ironclad Network. I'll catch you guys next time.